Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. The Sand Hills Podcast is back. We have been gone for months, and we appreciate all of your patience as we've been working on creating, designing, and setting up this brand new recording space that we're in. It's awesome. We've got a great space now. And we're so excited for the conversations that this space will facilitate. We've got a great, see, I was about to say season, but we're actually not going to be doing the seasons uh, that we used to do. We used to do about 10 episodes once a week, and then we would take a few weeks off, and we'd do 10 episodes, take a few weeks off, and they come out uh, during a season every single Tuesday. The way that that's going to look moving forward is that there's going to be an episode about once every other week but it'll be for the entirety of the year. So this will allow us a little bit more time to think between episodes. This will give us a little bit more time to edit, to get some new guests in, and it'll allow for content to be coming out throughout the entirety of the year. So we look forward to Sandhills Podcast 2.0. Thank you guys again so much for your patience. We love having you guys a part of our team. We love having you a part of the Sandhills Podcast Thank you guys again for your patience, and we look forward to what the Sandhills podcast will look like throughout the rest of this year. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. Welcome back to the Sandhills Podcast. We are kicking off our relaunch with Dr. Reverend, mm. pastor, well, friend, mentor. Oh my. 2K elite player. Shh, facts. Malcolm Walls. That's, yeah. Elite. Welcome back to the show, man. It's good to be back, brother. It's good to be back. This is fun. This is this would be a fun way to kick off. This is our first episode back. We've been we've been gone for eight months. It's been a little bit. Nine months. It's been a minute. But a lot's happened though. It's pretty nice, right? Looks pretty good. Yeah. Nice setup. This is. This is. Very nice. And very it's plush. only only going to get better. Next level. Next level. Looks like the bat cave in here. You guys who are listening on audio, you've got no clue what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's the same old quality that I'm always used to because we invested in it. But if you could see. If you could see it. You'd be like, man, they did the visuals too. Nice. Another level, man. That's what we do. So go check us out on YouTube. See what we're talking about. Boom. Do you see how I just so easily plugged YouTube? I Just see like that. that. I see that. That's called content creation. Mm. <laughs> Pastor of online ministries. <laughs> content creator. Boom. That's, That's what I just. Link in the show notes. Yeah. Follow us. Subscribe. You know that. Anyway, getting off topic a little bit. So that's kind of fun. And so people might be expecting, are they going to do a fun podcast? You know what we're talking about, Malcolm? 
What are we talking about? What's the difference between am I existing and am I living? That's that is fun though. They can be. Who doesn't love a little existential dread? <laughs> I know I do. But in all seriousness, it's gonna be a great conversation. <laughs> I'm really happy that we're we're getting to have it. Oh my goodness. We have too good of a time to be talking about something too serious. No, we'll be serious. Yeah. We don't have enough time. We'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. But yeah. So existing and living. What does it mean to exist? What does it mean to live? I mean, that's something that, that I've I've been dealing with for a long time. And and what I've learned is this. Existing is living devoid of purpose. Mm. Absent of purpose. Existing is allowing the past to hold you hostage to where you cannot be fully present in the moment and you can never have an excitement about the future. Hmm. Um, Existing is, you know, when you live under the burden of shame, the bondage of pride and lust, existing is being in the trap of of selfishness where you have you know no identity you live in unforgiveness you know existing is just simply you're going along doing the same thing every day without really any meaning any purpose so that's existing and i would say living is opposite of the aforementioned right so so you're living when you are fully present mm. when you are excited about the future when you take the time and just to enjoy creation you you take time to embrace life in that moment where you have detached yourself from the past because you recognize that no longer holds me back you accept and acknowledge what's happened in the past or those pains or whatever but it doesn't keep me mm-hmm. from moving forward living it's this idea where I am okay with who I am, whose I am, in the unique way that I've been created, and I live for a purpose greater than myself, mm. right? And so I think if we're talking about living as believers in Christ, it's recognizing when we think about the gospel that my story is a part of the greater story of Christ, mm. is part of the greater story of God the Father. Mm. And then when my little story becomes a part of his great story that gives me a bigger testimony. Hmm. It's a focus shift. Right. So it's about my perspective. Everything, my life is no longer about me. When I'm living, you know, I'm living for life after this life. So I'm thinking about legacy. I'm thinking about the impact I can make in the world right now. And and so, I mean, man, living, man, is, you know, you can enjoy a hot dog and some fries and just sit back and just, and be fully present in the moment. Mm. You're sitting down with your your friends, and and you're not worried about tomorrow. Where you you recognize that look, God got all this. Let me just enjoy the company mm. of the people I'm with right now. I'm not looking over my shoulder or worried about what people think about me. I don't have to put on a mask in front like I'm somebody else. Living is truly being naked, innocent, and unashamed. What informs the difference between those two things? You kind of give us some descriptors of what those two things look like. Yeah. And so you get existing on one hand, you know, we're talking about you're unable to be present. Right. You're full of selfishness. Yeah. You're focused on the past. You're you're living for you. 
basically just yes. kind of going along. Yes. This 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 is it. And then living purpose, presence, intentionality of life. Right. Of of going, I, I know where I've been, I know where I am, I know where I'm going. And I'm a part of something more than myself. Right. Right. So those are the descriptors of the two things. But it seems like there's this space in the middle mm-hmm. between those two. So if someone's in the middle of those two trying to figure out which way they fall, what's gonna inform how they fall? I mean, I, I would it depends on the God in which you serve. Mm. If you serve the God of self, if you worship self, then, I mean, that's who you're living for, right? But here's the thing. You're going to die, right? So you're serving death, mm. ultimately, right? And so that's just existing. Anything that it just exists, at some point is going to die and nobody's going to miss it, mm. Right? But when you begin to live for Jesus, you're living for the God who died and rose again and who still lives. And he himself gives life and life abundantly. So it is having that relationship with Christ now gives life more meaning, right? It brings the clarity. Think about this, John. You know, if I'm living for self, in life, there's always going to be personal pain, personal loss, job loss, mm-hmm. health loss, relationship loss. Everything is at a loss if I'm just living for me. Mm. But when I step into that, that side of faith where I'm living for Christ, right, even when there's relationship loss, I still got him. Even when there's health loss, he's still the God who heals. Even when there's job loss, he's still the God that provides. Even when circumstances around me seem to be falling apart, he is still Jesus. He's consistent and he keeps everything together. Mm. And I can have peace even when I lose it other places, right? So I can still go to him because in him there is life. And I think about when Jesus says, you know, come to me all you who uh, are burdened, mm, weary and heavy laden. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. And I will give you rest. Mm. Right? This this idea, like that's that's life. To recognize that now, I'm living for someone greater than me, mm. but who also empowers me, based on who I am, to be influential in life. But also, I could just take time out to just enjoy all that he has created and I can truly live. And now my life has purpose Mm. and that purpose, no matter how big or small others may think it is, it impacts eternity. Mm. It has eternal ramifications. So I mean, that to me, Jesus is that one in the middle, but if you replace Jesus with something else, it ends up back to death. Mm. Now you're just existing. You have no true meaning. There's no true purpose. And what you think truly is purpose leads to death. Mm. So if, if you know, if money is your, your God, yeah, you, you may make a lot of it. But when the money's gone, what you got? At some point, you know what I mean, the well runs dry. And so that's, that's what I would say. It, that person that takes us from existing to life to living is Jesus Christ. And how does scripture inform how we understand what, what Jesus talks about in light of that? Does anyone else talk about it besides Jesus? I mean, you, 
I think you see it all, right? I mean, so Jesus, of course, he talks about it, Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. right? Um, we've, been, we've been made alive in, in Christ. Uh, Paul, Paul talks about that, right? Jesus himself um, says he's come to give life and life abundantly, mm. right? Um, Jesus says, uh, you know, to Mary and Martha, you know, I'm the resurrection and the life, mm. right? The fact that there's so much life in Christ that even death can't take it away, right? And so we see that right there. But then I think when you look at the Old Testament and how God is calling people who have no purpose and he gives them meaning, Abram, here's mm. a a man who in all purposes is is a Gentile. Just a guy. He's just a guy. But now he's the father of the Jews. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Moses, he gives him purpose. A murderer. He's just a farmer. By by the time he's got caught right, he's just like, I'm a you know, I'm just heard my sheep. That's be out it. here in the wilderness, I'm good. That's existing. Existing is when you here it is. You wake up in the morning, mm. right? You take your shower, you get your cup of coffee, you have some breakfast. You go to work. You work the same job every day. You come home. You put on your PJs. You watch TV. You eat dinner. You go to sleep. The next day, you wake up in the morning. You take your shower. <laughs> you make your coffee. You eat your breakfast. You go to work. The same job you've been going to every day. You come home. You put on your PJs. You sit on the couch. You eat your dinner. You go to bed. The next day, you wake up in the morning. Right? It's the same routine over, over, over and over. over and over again. And you're sitting there saying, my life, doesn't it mean more than this? Mm, is this it? Is this all there is? Moses, that's where he's at. Burning bush, boom. Mm. Living. Purpose. Right? You know, Noah, just going through it. Okay, God, I got something for you to do. Build the ark. Purpose. Right? And you keep going down the line and you see it. Mm. Um, and so, uh, all throughout scripture, God is all about infusing people with life and giving them purpose and meaning. And what I like is he takes flawed people Mm. and turns them into faithful heroes, man. And so, uh, and I think too often there are times I meet a lot of people, they're just existing and they don't know it yet. Mm. So, yeah. And it's so comfortable to exist. It's so comfortable. I mean, think of Moses. He's running from a dangerous situation. Mm -hmm. Finds the girl, settles down. He's got a sheep. He's out in the wilderness. I mean, it's a beautiful country out there, right? Yeah, and yeah. He's, and he's just enjoying it. But then he's challenged to live. When you look at Paul, he had all the success that a Pharisee could want. And he's challenged to live. And then he's challenged to live. Right. And you see all these characters throughout Scripture that are, I mean, look at Gideon. Challenged. He was like, please, anything but living. <laughs> right, right. Challenged to live. It, and it's funny. And you know, it's interesting as I keep thinking, as, as, even as you said that, most people want to live. I think th- there's something in us that longs to have meaning uh, and to give meaning to other things, to, to create and to to do things and, and, and to be there for others that they're in us somewhere. We, we want to do it, but too often we could just be spiritually lazy or just lazy in general. And mm-hmm. we just settle. What I often say is for people who, who just exist, they settle for the hell they know. 
and never strive for the heaven unknown. Mm. When you're living, you're striving for the unknown heaven. You know, you don't mind change. You don't mind. Kingdom mindset. Yeah, you got a kingdom mindset. You'll, you walk by faith and not by sight. If you're just existing, you don't want to, you, you don't want to take those chances. It's too risky. Mm. Living means I'm going to be uncomfortable, but it's okay. Because I serve the God who's greater. And so every step I take, he's got me. And that, that feeds perfectly into understanding the mindset that Paul has when he says, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain, because yeah. then I'll be fully alive right. with Christ. Right. Man, that, that's literally... That's it. To live is to detach from the world completely. It's, mm-hmm. to, it, it's to transcend it. Yeah. You know, whatever happens on the world, whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm already alive. I'm living for Christ. Right. And when I die, then I'm even more alive. Right. In a way I can't even fathom right, right. now. Right. That's living. That's true living. A transcendent life. Right. Based off of transcendent truth. Right. That's living a life absent of fear. Mm. Absent of the fear of failure. You know, absent of the voices that tell you what you can and can't do. You know, when you sit back, you're thinking about starting a business or you're thinking about starting a ministry or maybe starting some type of Bible study or going back to school or, you know, you're trying to find a job and you, should I apply for this job I don't think I'm qualified for? And that voice says, well, you know you can't do it. Mm. You know you're not good enough. You know, the voice that labels you or the voice that shames you or the voice that tells you'll never, ever, ever be able to do something, right? And, And it's like, and God is like, no. In me, there's life. Mm. And I take away that fear because God is love and perfect love cast out all fear. Mm. And we've not been given the spirit of fear. And so therefore, because I haven't been given the spirit of fear, I can live and I can go after those things that to the world may be impossible. Mm. But the God I serve is the God of the impossible. Yeah, And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like doing something that you know is great. And when you see it happen, you know it's nothing but God. Mm. And that feeling you get, like you feel yeah. alive. Like, oh my goodness. This is it. This is it. And it shouldn't shock us because that's how awesome God is. But it yeah. always shocks us. And that and that's the feeling that we should strive for all the time. It's to the point where we say, you know what? No longer am I going to settle for spiritual mediocrity. Mm. I want to live. Yeah, I want to take these faith-filled risks. Um and do what God is calling me to do, even though it may seem crazy to everybody else. That's living. Man, living entails obedience. Yeah. Because, where he said, not a a spirit of fear, but it says of power and love and self-control. Yes. And then you look at another passage that says, he's prepared the good works for us to walk into in advance. Mm -hmm. So so you want to live... He goes, great, I've got a path set up for you. Already set up. I've got the thing for you to do set up. But you might be thinking, well, I don't know how I move on that path. I'll give you the power for it. Well, I might want to, I might get distracted by other things. I'll give you self-control. Right. Well, I don't, I don't know how I think about that person, that thing, that situation. I've given you my love. Right. The question is, you just get to do it. Are you going to do it? I'm, I'm offering you life. Are you willing to live? And that's the thing. Because... Man, dude, this is so good. Because preach it, brother, preach it. We've got to die to self. 
to live to Christ. That's the funny part about it, right? That's Man, the irony of it. Yeah. Right? So Christ dies for us mm-hmm. so that we could live. And in living, he now in turn tells us, now die to self. You're like, what? I thought you wanted me to live. I do want you to live, mm-hmm. but now I want you to die. Mm-hmm. Die to all that stuff that's in you. Mm-hmm. And the more you die, the more you decrease the more I increase. Mm. And then you get to that passage that, you know, um, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, right? Mm-hmm. But the life I now live, I mm-hmm. live by faith in the Son of God, the one who died for me. You know what I'm saying? He gave yes, his sir. life for me and loved me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got to die so that he can do what he needs to do. That's right. And But when he's doing it, that's life. Mm. And then you have these experiences where you're doing it, and you think like, man, is that me doing that? Mm. And yeah. God is like, look how I'm using you. Mm-hmm. You know that's not you. I've empowered you by my spirit. I've given you all that you need, all the powers flowing through you. But it's all me. But now you're living. And now look at the lives you're impacting. And I think as Christians, when we begin to live truly, bro, we can change cities the country, mm-hmm. the world, you know, our communities. Like the problem is too often as believers, we're still existing. Yeah. We've settled for just existing. We've settled to be nominal in our faith. Mm. And the truth is, I think if we ask most Christians, if we were able to kind of talk to them. They get this burden that they want to do more. But then the stress of life. The worries of life begin to kind of come down on them, everything they got going on. And then, you know, what the book that was supposed to be written never gets written. You know, uh, the ministry that should have been started never gets started. The business that should have been started, it didn't happen because of circumstances. Mm. Life got in the way. It was inconvenient. It's inconvenient. It's too hard. It's too. Here's the bro. bro. Everyone wants, everyone wants the reward of life, right? The crown, without the sacrifice, Bro. because you know yeah. what, you know what people say. I'm a co-heir with Christ, right? Are you crucified with Christ, right? Because that's you can't be a co-heir and not be crucified, and not be crucified, <laughs> right? And he goes, oh, well, what does that entail? Mm. Mm. See a if you lot. have to, if you have to ask that question, <laughs> yeah. right? But you're right. Everybody they they want to be blessed. They want the promised land. They don't want the wilderness. Mm. But if you're gonna get the promised land, you gotta go through the wilderness. That's right. You got you have to do it. I remember God once said, "Everybody want to be rich, but but everybody don't want to work hard." You know. And I'm not saying this everybody's gonna be rich right. by no stretch of imagination. But I think when God gives us a purpose. And every believer has a purpose. He's like, you got to step out there and do it. And it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's probably going to be exhausting. People are going to get on your nerves. People are going to test you. Things are going to go wrong. But persevere. Because the race is not given to the swift, you know, not to the strongest, to those who are going to endure. So the call is to always endure if we're going to live. And that's the gospel. Amen. Man, run the race with endurance. Come on. Now, here's the thing. 
there is an aspect in here that we're talking about where it's, okay, you want to be a co-heir with Christ. You got to be crucified with Christ. So you pray for, pray for salvation, maybe confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the end goal of, of life. So you, get, you, get, you start to get a taste, right? And you see the end goal. The passage that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How does that play into that? Because I'm thinking that the idea of working out, right? You're you're actively participating, working hard, trying to you you get this life infusement, and now how do you work that out of your life? In the sense of like, if I say work out your muscles, or work out four muscles, right. if I say work out four muscles, it means you don't have any, and you need to earn it. Mm-hmm. If I say work out the muscles you already have, it means you need to get those stronger. Right. So when you work out your salvation and the way that you're going through that, the way that you're exercising it, does that give us like a stronger life? Like what does that look like? I think So to me it's this idea, and I think we talked about it um, one of the times in a, in a previous podcast. I think this idea of working it out, abiding, mm. like abiding with Christ, like truly spending time with him. And this is going to be – when I say this, even the thought of it convicts me already. Mm-hmm. The idea of actually taking a Sabbath, mm. of actually resting, spending uh, quiet time with the Lord. And now I don't mean quiet time like you got your, your three-minute devotional book, right. you read it, and then you walk out. I literally mean like no TV, no internet. You sit down. Lord, speak to your servant. I'm listening. Mm. And you spend time in solitude and quiet waiting to hear from the Lord, right? You're listening. You're, you're trying to really focus on him. I think this working out your salvation is focused on being Christ-like, mm. sitting at the feet of Jesus constantly, allowing him to examine the heart and examine our intentions and what's going on. And then out of that, the doing comes mm. because it's easier for me to overcome obstacles when I've spent time with the Lord. And I know he's faithful. I know he's with me. And that's that part of living. Because he, he's given us all that we need, but oftentimes we have to tap into it. Mm. And constant, constantly surrender to him on a daily basis. Because the flesh doesn't want to go through all that. Mm-mm. The flesh doesn't want to be crucified. Right? We have to go through that sanctification process all the time. And so I think this idea of working it out, constantly being before him, constantly, constantly, cultivating the relationship mm-hmm. because the fear is this if we get so focused on the doing that we neglect the relationship we may not have the relationship that, that we think we have and mm. then we end up in Matthew 7 mm. where he says Lord did we not cast out demons in your name and prophesying your name it's like go away from me I never knew you I never knew you because I never had the relationship with mm-hmm. you and so what he wants is the relationship so the more we cultivate that relationship once we have it then the work funnels after that and it's so much easier to do. That's right. Because I think that when Christ is on the cross, what makes the cross so bearable in that moment, he's already spent that time with the Father. He knows mm. what's coming. You know what I mean? He he mm. gets it. It's, it's going to hurt. You know what? I say this. Living for Jesus, it is going to hurt. <laughs> there is some suffering that has to happen, some pain that has to happen. But the reward is far greater 
than the suffering. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, what we get in the end is so much better. We just got to go through it. Because once we get on the other side of through, and we begin to see the manifested blessings, and we begin to see, and we can look back. And then, John, get this, not just look back at it, but then be able to encourage other people who are trying to live. Mm. And it's like, hey, you don't have to try to live. You have to do it. Take, receive the grace. God's got you. Cultivate that relationship with him. The life flows out of abiding, I believe. So, yeah. Do you think it's a hundred percent? It's either yes or no. Either yes, you are existing, or yes, you are alive. Or do you think there it's like an eighty twenty thing? Uh, now we talking just. I, I think as as fickle as we are as humans, mm-hmm. you could be a hundred percent like you're in Christ, and for a month straight, you could be I'm alive. Mm. Then you have those moments. 100% becomes 80%. Mm-hmm. 70, 60. I think that's why the abiding is so important. Mm. Because that's why I think, you know, the Bible tells us be not weary in well doing. Because God knows we're going to get weary in well doing. Yeah. Right? He knows us. He knows us. And that's why we're constantly told wait on the Lord, mm. rejoice. In the Lord. Again, I say rejoice, right? Don't worry about anything, Philippians 4, but in everything, right? With prayer and petition and through through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, right? Make Mm -hmm. your request known to God. He knows we're going to, we do this. We worry about stuff. That's why it's like, dude, okay, here's the thing. Seek first the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and his righteousness. And everything you need will be given to you. It has to start there because we'll go on these emotional roller coasters. And then at some point we really we can really get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing is this. I tell my children this and other people I meet. Every morning when we look in the mirror, we see the hero and the villain. Mm-hmm. Every morning. Yep. Every morning when we wake up in the morning, we see the offender <laughs> and the offendee. Yeah. Right? We see... uh the victim and the perpetual, you know what I'm saying? The one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're seeing it's, and the question is each morning we have to decide who we're going to be. Are we going to be the hero today? Are we going to live today? Are we, are we going to be victim today? Or are we going to be victorious today? And then we have to begin to speak that word, man, hmm. and hold on to the promises of God. And that's why I think, but you can't do that unless you're really abiding yeah. with him. You got to be abiding. You got to be abiding. There's a, have you seen Braveheart? That was a long time ago, man. Wow. You know, William Wallace? Is that, is that Mel Gibson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Old movie. Old movie. This now, is, now, you know. Yeah. But he's got a quote in there, doesn't he? Where he says, every man dies, but not every man lives. Right. So we see an aspect, I mean, and he's mm. not, I mean, even, even from that worldview, that mindset, right? And that's what's making me think that there are the, there can be these tastes of it. That God is so gracious, he'll give even those who are existing for self a taste of life with him. Right. The idea of you can live for something greater than yourself. Yeah. Because those men who fought in that battle heard those words, you know. It's probably apocryphal. Yeah, he probably... 
probably wasn't that epic. Right, but like, right, he's probably right. like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. But the whole point of that story is you hear words like that and you go, I, I'm going to choose to live then for something. Right. And that you get a little taste of it. So what do we say to the non-believer who says, but I am alive and I don't have this Christ? How do we address that conversation with them? Yeah. Well, it's like, are you really? No. <laughs> I think it goes back to, okay, so everything you do, who do you do it for? Mm. What are you living life for? Like truly, what is what is your purpose? Here's the thing. And if your purpose is about you, then you're living life for yourself. So when you die, that's it. Mm. There is no legacy. There is no impact, right? Because for the believer, probably our greatest ministry is when we die. No matter who you are, for a follower of Christ, our greatest impact in this world probably will happen when we die. Mm. Because when we die, then mom and them, cousin and them, everybody and them, they, they come to faith. They didn't do it when you're alive, when you're telling them. But the minute you die, mm. God uses that. Yeah. And so when you talk to non-believers, like, who are you living for? What are you living for? If it's fame, for, that's for you. Right? It's what, hap- what about life after this life? What empowers you? Mm. And, it, and at some point, you have to say to yourself, a fool rejects wisdom. So if the non-believer doesn't want to hear it, then, it, you know. It is what it is. Pray for him and keep keep mm-hmm. it moving. But I think for most people, most people want to live for something or someone greater than themselves. It's hardwired in us. We're created to worship and live for something. Mm. And so when you begin to ask people those questions, what's your purpose? Why do you do what you do? What's the meaning of life? What happens when you die? Just And I think as Christians... We have to spend more time listening to people to pick up on certain words, certain things that they say. Um, and we don't, and oftentimes I know I don't do a good job of listening all the time. So I have to be fully present in the moment mm. when I'm talking to somebody about living versus existing. Yeah. You know, and I think, and it's for non-believers, it's for believers that are struggling. Um, for that that mom or dad that, that feels like their life is completely wrapped up in the kids like the kids are not your identity. Yeah. There's so much more. Like God's got so much more. Um and recognize there's certain seasons. You know, every season is not going to be a great season. But the leaves don't have to wither. Come on, man. That's Psalm That's right. 1. Don't have to wither, you know. It's you can still be somewhat fruitful. But then when it's time to produce that fruit, you know, you got to move forward and step into it. Um and so I think, you know, when you talk to a non-believer, it's it's you're living this life for yourself. Hmm. And I think also you got to have the conversation about, you know, you don't meet God's standard. We got, I think sometimes we try to avoid those conversations about sin hmm. and eternal life. That's huge. Yeah. It's crucial. It's, that is the, that's, that's it. There's a, I was talking with a friend who was describing a church atmosphere hmm. that he had seen recently. And he noticed that they were so seeker sensitive that they weren't addressing any of the questions that anyone would show up for. 
they thought they were. Right. Where they're like, oh, why should you believe in God? Or how, you know, does he impact your finances? What people really want to know when they walk through that door is, how can I live? Right. How can I be alive? And scripture testifies to that. And so right. often, I mean, I this is, I think, pretty predominant in our American churches. Mm-hmm. We really struggle with, well, let's try and give them all these answers. And Jesus just said, Let, I'm going to give them myself. Yeah. I'm going to give them the word. And I am the word. I am the word. Right? And so now, 2,000-ish years later, right, we're thinking about, okay, how should we do church ministry? And so often we start getting distracted by people who are, existing that we start existing as a church right right we start we start going how can i cater to them how can i exist for people who are existing exactly (laughs) instead of how can i live for christ right show others what that life looks like and if they're drawn to it let them let me give them christ right that's it i think you you know you talk to non-believers there's a passage here it's um galatians chapter five and i was just going to read it it says now the works of the flesh are obvious Sexual immorality, that's death. Mm. Moral impurity, existing. Promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing or carousing, and anything similar. I mean, all these things. This is what you do when you just exist. Man. Because you don't care about anybody else. And you'll take each one of those little things and let it fill you up in some way or another. And Yep, it fill you up for five minutes, and after that, the problem doesn't go away. Mm. So find, is, find something else real quick. You'll find something else, right? But then he goes, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, life, mm. joy, life, peace, life, patience, life, goodness, life, faithfulness, life, kindness, you know what I'm saying? Life, gentleness, life, self-control, life. Those are, that's life, and it's life-giving to others. Mm. Not just for you. It's for others, It's for too. others. For, bro. Cause, and you did a great. Then you pre, you preached I on preached this one. You did yeah, a great yeah. job. Great job. Hey, thanks, bro. <laughs> it, because the thing is this: you name me one tree, one vine, one plant that produces fruit for itself. Not a one. The fruit we produce is always impacting other people. Mm. So if I'm producing fruit of existing, I just impact other people. And I crushed them in, in the process. You know what's, what's really dangerous? Go ahead. You got the fruit of the Spirit, sweet and delicious. Mm-hmm. And how nice that we get to eat it too. You know, we harvest it. We get to have a little bit. Yep. But the whole purpose is to take it to market. Right. And you give it to people. Right. And you let them taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. The danger is when we start producing the fruit of the flesh, flesh. which oh. is the list. Yes. It's like those berries. That your parents tell you not to eat on those trees. Because they're like, the, you'll be sick. Looks good. You'll die. But, but those are the most vibrant red berries yeah. you will ever see. And on the outside, they look really good. But on the inside. It's death. It's death. It's death. It's going to hurt you. And, and that's what's so terrifying yeah. with existing is that it can look really good. It can give you the goal that you want. You can get the money that you want. You can get the life you think you want. I mean, Moses thought he had the life that he wanted. Yes, yeah. Until he was called to live. Right. Paul thought he was living the life until he was called to actually live and die to self. Right. They had all these things. 
and they realize that there are greater yeah. things than these. I mean, it was that Matthew tax collector. He's living. He's got the money. He's got the life. He's got the life. Zacchaeus. Z- got it. We little man had a big life. But start, but <laughs> start realizing. Money. But he's like, Jesus, follow me. And Matthew's like, yeah, dude, something about you. And he did anything to yeah. get to life. Oh, dude, most of the disciples, James and John. You know what I mean? I mean, the sons of thunder. I mean, they, they're doing it. And yet, they forsake all because they want life. Mm. And they follow Jesus. This guy. For life. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it's that in and of itself. I mean, I remember when I came to Christ. I mean, the life I was living, I was just existing, man. I, I was just going through the motions. Lady after lady, female after female, drug after drug, drink mm. after drink, whatever, whatever. But if you ask me what the gospel was, I could, I could regurgitate mm. the gospel. Oh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again. I wasn't living it. So you can know it and not be living it. You can, you can know the gospel and still not have life. Mm. And it wasn't until, until I said yes. I made that adult decision to say yes to follow Jesus. All of a sudden, I got this infusion of life, almost like a like a slow drip, and it just kind of built up and started building up, and I started seeing more and more of who He is, but also who He, who he has created me to be and called me to be. Hmm. And once I started realizing that, bro, I'm, it's like it's nothing like knowing who you are, whose you are, and when your identity and value is tethered to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So now I don't follow the crowd. You know, I'm not, you know, I love my wife. I love my family. I, I think it's important to be a father and leading out of my marriage and being a better leader because I'm trying to be a better husband. Mm. And now I take time. Man. I, I, do, I do the Sabbath time now. You know, I take time to be fully present. If I'm having a conversation, we're laughing and joking. I'm fully present. I'm not thinking about two hours from now. I'm like, let me enjoy this moment with John because I may never get this moment back. Hmm. This is a gift. That's right. Every every moment, every second is a gift that God has given me to be involved in the lives of people. Because there are moments when you need a word, when I need a word from you, we need encouragement from, from, from someplace else. Yeah. And so I think that's that's what it means to live, you know. And I know I'm not doing this by myself. I got you. I got other people. And so I think when we realize that, Living, is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it rewarding? Absolutely. And then you get to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. You know what I mean? That's and, right. And that's what, dude. That's what we should be gunning for. That's what we're gunning for. So if you could say one thing, this has been such a great conversation. Yeah. Just talking about existing versus living and, and, and the surpassing value of living for Christ. If you could say one thing to every person in the world who's wondering themselves, man, am I, am I, is this it? Am I just existing? Is this all the world has to offer to me? What would you say to them? I would probably give an analogy, I guess, that the greatest potential in the world is in your local cemetery. In that cemetery are books that will never be written Songs that we'll never we'll never hear, 
poems that'll never be written, teachers that'll never teach, inventions that'll never be made, because people were just existing. They weren't living. And so I would encourage everyone, if God is laid up on your heart to do something for the believer in Christ, it's time to stop settling and walk by faith and not by sight. He's going to provide all that you need. Mm -hmm. You have to trust him. And in those moments where you get fearful, fear not. He's with you. And for the person that's the non-believer, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of waking up in the morning, getting a cup of coffee, getting your breakfast, going to work or going to school, coming home, putting on your PJs, eating your dinner, binge watching Netflix, going to sleep. You wake up, you get your coffee, you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And the fix that you infuse, a drug here, a man or woman there, you know, some internet activity here, mm-hmm. you know, something there. Yeah. You know, you, you binge watch this, you, you're doing things to fill that void because I got to have something. It's like, aren't you tired of it? It's the rat race. And God is saying, I got more for you. Mm. If you would just come to the end of yourself and say yes to Jesus, there's a whole work prepared for you in advance I got. And it's going to be amazing. And when you see it and when you when you do it and watch me show up while you're doing it, you're going to live a life that's going to surpass your life here on earth. Mm. All you got to do is say yes to Christ. Just recognize you're a sinner. Repent of it. Turn from your sin. Turn to God. Accept the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Confess that he is Lord. Boom, that's it. Live. And that's when it starts. And when it's with Christ, man, it's life in the fullest. Fullest. Like, he's not a liar. No. He said it. I've come to bring life and life in the fullest. But so many of us are like, I don't know about that. I think I'll just do what the world says. And they start existing, existing, existing. Bam. We can be made alive with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. Be crucified with Christ. Have life in the fullest. With Christ. Man. That's That's it. That's it. And we got to stop treating... (laughs) We got to stop treating Christ, man, like when I go to the gas tank, you know. Mm. I'm not filling up. I'm getting like half a tank. I'm making life decisions at the pump. You know what I mean? Like it's, it costs Amen. a lot. But it's too true. often we treat God like that. Mm. You know, give me a half a tank. Give me a half of God on, on pump five. You know what I mean? Give me half of this. Like I don't want the full thing. I just want enough. Mm. It would cost me too much. Cost too much. Give, give me just a little bit of, to make myself feel a little better when I leave. Give me that warm and fuzzy. Right, right. Mm. Here's the thing. Jesus has done too much for me not to give him all of me. Mm. You know what I mean? And so we got to start. We got to go hard in the paint, man, for the Lord. I mean, we're talking about the one that died and rose again, and now we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We got that power in us. So we got to live that out. And when we do that, man, nothing can stop us. Mm. And even if something does try to stop us, it can't stop us. And even when it seems like whatever that circumstance is winning, it doesn't win to live as Christ, to die as gain, Mm. live. 
Dude, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This was awesome. Oh, man. We could keep going, bro, but thanks well, we for having can, me. This can, is it. <laughs> you and I could go for a long time. <laughs> but no, man, thanks for having me, bro. I love you, man. Absolutely love you too, brother. Thank you for listening to the Sandhills Podcast. This episode was created, designed, and written by John David. Our guest was Malcolm Walls. Facilities were at Sandhills Community Church, set designed by Eric and Sean Weiner. Our intro song is Same Blood by King's Kaleidoscope. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend to support the Sandhills Podcast.